Obviously, I think I'm fortunate to be on the side of that, that I am on because, you know, I was able to get a big deal. There are times in this game where this shit's hard, you know what I mean? It, no, it, it, it's very hard and it's frustrating times. And once you see that the business side of the, the NFL, you know, and you begin to like, damn, like, if this don't work, then what, what am I going to do? Bad, bad, off Pull up in the drive light. I didn't miss my What up, world? It's your boy, Brandon Copeland, a.k.a. Professor Cope, and, you know, I'm with my dog, Ross Mack, but more importantly, man, no offense to you, Ross, no offense to you, you my dog, but we got the juice, man, on the podcast today, brother. I'm talking, not the OJ the juice, man, no, 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 no not, not him. Hey, we got hey. Jarvis, Juice, Landry, hey, quarter brick, half a brick, whole, whole brick, brick. Hey. <laughs> listen, five-time Pro Bowler, whoa, 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 let me back up, let me not just reach to the, the, the pinnacle, right, we got LSU, yeah. Now he's with the New Orleans Saints. Yeah. Been with the Dolphins. Been with the Browns. He done seen a lot. He done seen a lot. Five-time Pro Bowler. 564 career receptions. Listen, man, how bad has Juice done the Chicago Bears? He probably do us bad. I ain't going to hold you. And just for that reason, I feel like my dog going yeah. back to his, his college hometown, you feel me, playing with the Saints, I might got to draft that man. <laughs> you better Ooh. do it. It's big, it's big fantasy football vibes. I got to go on here and get juice, man. Don't let me down, my dog. Hey, let's let's do it, man. This is for the fantasy football lovers, man, but also for the, 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 the football players in us all, man. Money Music Culture, Jarvis Landry. Let's tap into this episode. Yes, sir. Boom. So we had a pleasure today of sitting with my dog, Juice, Jarvis Landry. Yes, sir. And uh, one, thank you for taking the time out to be with us, but when we talk about generational wealth, when we talk about grinding, going through them two-a-days, three-a-days, and you're like, man, I don't know if I really want to do this, yeah. but you still find a way to push through because you got a bigger picture, what's your life going to be about, it, it made me think of you. Right, yeah. And uh, so I guess let's let's take it back to the beginning, man. You started football. When did you start football? What's your, your life been like with that? Yeah, I mean, since I was... As long as I can remember, you know what I mean? It's been a part of my family forever. You know, and I think naturally for me, I was a baseball player, but naturally my whole family was a whole line of football players, wide receivers, linebackers, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, I think naturally I kind of just wanted to fit that mode of like what my family, what my bloodline was going with. So I got into football um, probably like around like nine, 10. Um, but I had been, you know, playing in the hood and stuff like that all the time, like throughout the streets and stuff like that. But um, really organized around nine to 10 and I was just natural with it just because yeah. of, you know, who I grew up around and, you know, watching people and, um, you know, I was able to, you know, it worked out for me, you know, yeah. 20 years later, you know, I'm, I'm sitting here. Um, so yeah. happy, blessed. And 20 years, man, like a lot of guys come into the league and we've talked about investing, we talked about money and stuff like that, but a lot of guys come into the league and they like, Man, I've never invested before in my life. I'm like, bro, you've made the biggest investment in your life. Like yeah. 20 years yeah. of outworking people. Of I'm sure people have told you you ain't that good enough at some point in your life. You know what I'm saying? Of course. And, and that's the biggest investment of all time. So I, I would love to talk about your transition into the league, right? Like you come into the league, you finally here. Yeah. Woo! Yeah. What's it like? <laughs> I mean, it was like... It was a it was a dream. First of all, I was hot because I went second round. Yeah. So I I, I was hot off, off off rip, but also you know I got that opportunity. I didn't go to the draft to the draft room or whatever to New York. So I had the opportunity to spend time with my family. And we were in Baton Rouge, and 
obviously, you know, coming from where I came from, being in a small, small place, small town, Conville, Louisiana, you know, and you make it, we all make it. You yeah. know what I'm saying? One person make it, everybody, everybody in the hood, the whole hood, and maybe, you know what I'm saying? So like, it was like amazing to just to see the reaction, um, you know, my family, you know, my friends. I think a lot of them were more excited than I was because I still was kind of bitter about it going the second round. But, um, you know, naturally, you know, again, I'm excited. Again, I get an opportunity to play football. I got drafted. I, I accomplished one of my dreams, my lifelong dreams. So I feel like that part of the investment that I have been doing all those things from the sacrificing all the time, sacrificing all the relationships, going out, partying, whatever it is, it's paid off in a way that like, damn, like, look, like I, I, I'm able to like put these, my family up, you know what I'm saying? Put them, you know what I'm saying? So I think that that was something that I really like that took to heart. And then when I got to Miami, you know, I think we talked about this yesterday. Like, you know, you start to see, like, it's a whole different type of world, you know, especially coming from Louisiana. Like, yeah. <laughs> I've never seen a lot of the stuff that, you know, when I got here, I saw. All right, listen, I didn't want to interrupt the conversation, but I had to tell you, make sure you hit that follow button and that subscribe button and tell your friends they can find Money Music Culture wherever they get their podcasts. Um, and I think for me, you know, we talked about purchases and things like that. One of the first things I purchased, obviously, I got my mom. I paid all my mom debts off, got her a car, got her, got her a crib. And then for me, it's like, man, like, I've been in Miami, bro. They like that Rolls Royce. I got to go get one. I gotta go, you know what I'm saying? I'm just naturally, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Naturally, like, you know, they like that Rolls Royce. I got to go get that, you know? And that was one of the first things that, like, I kind of, like, got for myself as I kind of went through the journey of the first couple years here in Miami in the league. And, you know, you grow to realize that it's just, you know, it's all material and, you know, it don't really matter. But at that, at that moment, at that phase in my life, like, it was definitely something that, like, you know, motivate me even more, you know what I'm saying? So I was happy with it. Yeah. yeah. So so when you first got in the league, right? Getting big checks, right? Yeah. Mom's crib, she Gucci, you know, cop that double lie. But realistically, like how much, like not going into too much detail, but like how much of your first rookie contract of that money was like guaranteed? And like in, in your mindset, was you ever thinking like, life without football you mean you know what i mean like how was you managing your money up until that point yeah i mean at the end of the day i didn't really spend much you know obviously outside of the big big purchase big purchases but like for me i mean all my whole life all i knew was football so i didn't even think no life after football you know what i mean i wasn't even thinking nothing else but working out making sure my mom good making sure my fam good and i'm straight you know what i'm saying as far as the standpoint of like having something to drive in having a roof food on the table you know what I mean? I wasn't even thinking about investments. I wasn't thinking about tech. I wasn't thinking about like making sure that I, you know, sit on these panels or sit through these panels or, you know, watch things or try to educate myself. All the thing I knew at that time was like, if you produce on the football field, you're going to get more bread. Mm-hmm. So my focus was there. Yeah, mm-hmm. as it should be. And, and, and I think that, you know, we talked about it a little bit. Some of us, I feel like, you know, this financial literacy craze right now we judge a lot of athletes a lot of young people for coming into money and then like going out and spending it and treating themselves when some of us we need that right like that's part of the process right like as much as we want to tell our children yo don't touch that stove it's hot what are they going to do they need to touch it right (laughs) like so some of that that's part of the process that's part of the learning curve and, and i think for a lot of people out there you know you need to understand like how you can do that 
but make sure it doesn't just sink your ass like the Titanic. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. Because right? that's the horror stories when the guys do that and then it's like yeah. they, they don't produce on the field. They don't invest in themselves. What you just touched on, which a lot of people probably missed it, it probably went over a lot of people's heads, is you just touched on how you made sacrifices of parties, staying away from parties, staying out of trouble, all of that type of stuff, which a lot of people from the outside might not really understand, right? They see Juice Man. Yeah. Oh, he gotta be, yeah. right? Can you talk about that? Like, talk about the difference in your mindset that you think is like, what keeps you saying, okay, like avoiding the distra distractions? Yeah, I mean, I, I think the end goal, you know, I, I think I was never really one of those more, most talented guys on the team. Um, I was always like, you know, not to try hard, but like the hard worker, like, you know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? Like, oh, that's the best guy? Okay, let me go stand next to him. Let me go compete with him, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Let me, you know, and I think that mentality always stood with me. And then I realized at the same time of, you know, I had my fair share of going out or whatever it was, but then I, at the same time, I had to step back and like, oh, I can't drink or do this or do that and stay up to three, four o'clock in the morning and show up to work and still try to get this level that I hold of myself. You know what I'm saying? I can't do that consistently. So I had to make a choice. I felt like I had to make a choice. And I think, I think, you know, every phase of my life going through my career of playing sports, like I, it was a different type of sacrifice that I had to make. You know what I'm saying? Like in the beginning, it was, yeah, in high school, it wasn't, maybe it wasn't parties, but yeah, I mean, I, lost, I didn't have a lot of relationships for like friends and things like that, you know what I mean? Because I, I, I was working out, they was running the street, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, okay, I, at that point, this is what I had to do to get to where my next goal was. When I got to college, you know, obviously it's college, so everything's new. You get a chance to party, you get a chance to drink a little bit, you know, things like that. And then it was like, damn. I can't do this and play on a high level. Like I can't do this and I can't go on spring break. You know, I think that that was one of the things that like really like I saw for myself that hit me because my sophomore junior year, everybody ran on spring break and I stayed hmm. and I trained. And you can ask anybody at LSU, you can ask anybody that I played with, I stayed and I trained and I got my body and my mind ready to be able to say like, hey, like look, I have the self-control to stay away from those things if I needed to, you know what I'm saying? But also, What's, what do you want? What do you want from what you're doing, you know? Um, and I want to make it as hard as possible for Les Miles to sit down in his office and him to ask me to come back for, for another year. You know what I'm saying? Nah, because I'm out of here. You know what, <laughs> what I mean? I, you know what I'm saying? I'm out of here. I put the work in. I bought on the field and it translate. You know what I mean? Right. I think that, I think for anybody, like for, for all of us, you know, as athletes, uh, entrepreneurs or whatever it is, you know, when, when you see you know, your sacrifices and all of that stuff translate and, you know, into something that pushes you to something greater, opens another door, like, you know, now you want to test that again, you know, and I think that that's the thing that has always worked for me. Yeah. It's funny that you said that about locking in during spring break. We were on the field uh, a couple of days ago and I'm like, man, I see why kids just always got that energy and just ready to go. Athletes, we get in after a weekend on a Monday, you're like, man, I, that weekend set me back, right? Kids, you just still running, still active through the weekend. You ain't putting bad stuff in your body and stuff like that. You're just being a kid, right? So it's crazy the the effect that adulthood can have on your career, especially if you're not strong enough to know your lane, know what you can do. There's some people, Dennis Rodman, that's what they need. Animal. They need a party, Animal. you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but there's some people who like, I, I tried to party with your ass one time. I can't do it again. No, you know? that's real. But like what you're saying, that tunnel vision 
I equate that with all the greats in whatever their actual field, like you say, whether entrepreneurial or, you know, an athlete, right? The Elon Musk, the Mark Zuckerbergs, they won party and they was, you know, in the in their office writing their actual business plans down. And same with you, right? You weren't going out, you know, entertaining and, you know, doing all that other stuff. You was in the weight room, you was running routes. And so that same tunnel vision, I only would imagine that's gonna translate to, you know, life outside of football, right? You know, I hope you play another 20 years if possible, you feel me? But when you start thinking about maybe life after football and you got two kids now, like, you know, kind of, I'm assuming that same mentality is going to translate, right? So, like, what are you thinking in terms of maybe life after football? I know we talked about music earlier, like what type of things and like tech investing, like what type of things you thinking about? Yeah, that's some of the things that I'm very, very interested in, you know, and again, I think over time of being understanding of this game is really not for long. Um, and obviously I think I'm fortunate to be on the side of that, that I am on because, you know, I was able to get a big deal. You know, I was able to get a little, little, you know, whatever that lame, whatever you would call it, you know what I'm saying? Like freedom, you know what I mean? Financial freedom or security or whatever. Um, to really sit down and sit back and be like, what do I want to do? Because there are times in this game where, you know, Man, like, this is hard, you know what I mean? It, 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 it's very hard and it's frustrating times. And once you see that the business side of the, the NFL is is very different, you know, you begin to like, you know, it, it takes a little bit of love away from you, you know, and you begin to like, damn, like, if this don't work, then what, what am I gonna do? You know, and again, like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm on a, a, a great side of this, but at the same time, like, I just felt like, you know, like for all my life, all I was really, wanted to do is play football and I had the things that I did but I never really was serious about it and now I'm in a position where you know um I have the access that I have because of the things that I've done on the field and in my career and the relationships that I've built over the years where you know I can talk to people about investments you know I can get them the, the right type of doors to meet the right type of people um to meet owners you know um I, I I think I'm at the point where like I'm tired of working for people and I want to own shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. you know what I mean? like, like I think like that's like the next step, you know what I mean? Yeah. And and being able to uh you know be that testimony for other people too, to be able to be like them, like, yeah, he did that, yeah, I can you know what I'm saying? Um, you know, in different areas. Like you, no, ain't, that's just, real. you ain't just a athlete, you know what I'm saying? You ain't just a musician, uh, you know what I'm saying? You know, your father, your husband, you know what I'm saying? It's different areas of your life, just like with your hobbies too, you know? Man, that's real. Like, I know, like, I could only imagine your mindset shifts after you, you know, reach a certain milestone, right? So you was in college, like, man, I'm good on going to the parties of spring break to Miami where all these mods at right now, right? <laughs> I'm, I'm solid on that. But once you reach that milestone, I'm in the NFL, it's lit. Now your next milestone is like, let me go crazy these first few years and get that big check, right? And then I think probably maybe the next milestones is like, man, having a child, where it's like my whole mindset shifted after I had a kid, right? I used to wanna, you know, do everything under the sun and now it's like I value my time so much more and kind of like that song, right? We thinking about not just right now, but thinking about the future, right? And thinking about the legacy. So I know, you know, me and Cope, we often talk about this because we, you know, we both got children. I know you got two children. So like, in terms of like your mindset, like how would you say your mind has just changed from like your first two years in the league to like where you at now, right? Because obviously more money now, but I know you starting to think about stuff that you never even thought about because you was purely tunnel vision, right? Just to reach that milestone. And now like, 
you know, kind of where would you say your mind has shifted, you know, from them early years to now? Yeah, I think, I think, I mean, that's a great question. I think for me, like, I, I've been just trying to be able to compartmentalize everything, you know what I mean? Like the athlete, you know, think about myself as a CEO or my, my, myself, my brand as, you know, organization, you know what I mean? And football is one side of me, you know, mm-hmm. this music is another side of me, you know what I mean? And being able to, being a father, you know, being able to disassociate from, you know, the different realms of, of these things to be able to, you know, be present in each different one, you know? And I think throughout the time of experiences of feeling, of trial and error, you know, um, you know, it, it, it's helped me. But, you know, again, I'm still growing in each of those areas in my life. And I think that that's one of the things that, you know, I, I feel like for me um, as being a parent, like I want to be, I want to show that to my kids. I want to show that, you know, I, obviously like, you know, you want to be present in each thing that you do. You know, you never want to give up. You start something, you finish, yeah. you know what I mean? Um, and, and about the impact you leave. That's one thing that I care about. One of the most things I care about is, you know, the impact, the legacy. I would will, I will say we'll, we'll wrap on, on this note. Josh McCown. Did you play with Josh? No. no. Yeah. No. Josh McCown, so we go to the Jets. And, you know, you've heard all these things about the speeches this dude gives and all that stuff. And you're like, okay, cool. This dude gets up at the, at the front of the meeting room one day, and he's like, listen, do any, how many of y'all have kids? people raising hand. I didn't have a child at that point. He was like, listen, one day, if you don't have kids already, one day you're going to have children. And one day your children are going to get older and you're going to keep trying to tell them certain things. Do this, do that, do that. And at a certain point, they might actually ask you, well, like, did you live like that? Mm. Did you not quit? Did you do this, dad, right? And he said, you always want to be able to look at them with a straight face and be like, Hell yeah, right? I live by this stuff, right? And so I think that that was something that has always helped me. I see you living it. I see you putting in the time, the effort, the research, asking the questions, right? Um, and like you, you just said, grow, right? Like this, this journey is never ending. You're always reading. This man is always reading. This man is always talking to somebody, learning and all those things, right? Like people think we all got it all figured out, but it's like, nah, we, we growing and we looking for the next <laughs> bucket list thing. So, I like I said, man, I appreciate you taking the time to be on with us, man. Yeah, Thank y'all, man. Yeah, without a doubt, man. We before we get you out of here, man, we gotta ask you, uh, what was the 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 worst financial decision you made, man? The worst financial, probably the cars. <laughs> yeah, how many whips? Which ones, man? Double lock. Six cars, dog. Yeah, <laughs> I mean. I, th- I think, I think, bro, like, you know, again, you know, it's, it's, it was one of those things at a time in my life where, you know, the motivation and inspiration and, and all of that behind it for me, you know what I mean, to maybe push me to another point um, was something that I wanted, you know what I mean? It's like something that I wanted. Like, I, it wasn't, you know what I'm saying? Like, I wanted it, you know, and um, it was something to say that I can get it. And then, you know, now it's, it's just like all things in life, you know, you want something, you on to the next thing, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. So it's like, um, I think that that was like one of the, I don't want to say the dumbest, but like, 
one of the things that I did that, like, you know, it is what it is. Now, you know? Nothing wrong with it. Ain't nothing wrong. Because it pushed you, like you say, it was motivation to keep pushing you. Yeah. Because now you want something even bigger. So I yeah, like it. I respect know, it. Don't get the dawn on, you know what I'm saying? Something like that. You know? <laughs> <laughs> well, look, man, we got the juice, man. We appreciate you taking the time. Yes, sir. You've seen another episode of Money Music Culture with your boy Brandon Copeland, a.k.a. Professor Coke. Your boy Ross Mack. And we'll see y'all next time. Make sure you follow, subscribe, like, tell your mama, tell your cousin, tell your neighbor. And we'll see y'all next time. Right. <laughs>